Give the Lord praise. Lift up a shout. Give him glory. Is that all you got? Come on, let's give him praise. <laughs> Am I on now? <laughs> you guys probably got to hear JoJo preaching at me. I forgot to turn my mic off during the song, and, and she was preaching at me. But it, it could have been God, though, if you heard it, you know. So anyway, isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. You may be seated. Today's a different style of service. Really, it's not. I hope it's not different uh, too much because we're baptizing a couple today, a couple of young ones and, and old ones, I guess we should say. But uh, uh, so this is a little different style of service than we normally do as far as our regular weekly service. But I wanted to read some scripture that the Lord put on my heart today. And this song's talking about revival. And that's what me and Jojo were talking about. The minute we receive Christ, we should be in revival from then on. And man, we shouldn't wait for eternity to expect God to move on us. Man, it starts the minute we receive him. And we need to continue to press into that time with him, that revival. But I wanted to read you some scriptures today. And as we move into this baptism time, and, and, and anyway, the, the scripture goes like this in Psalms 15, 1 through 5. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who, who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who lend money without charging interest and who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent. Such people will stand firm forever. And then I want to jump down. This one here was really burning on me. And, and this is what I'm going to preach on today. Because the Lord is, has given me three points today for the sermon. And it's talking about uh, uh, we need a revival in America. And we need a revival in our land. But we need to realize that Jesus opened the door for God's presence when we accept him. And that's the first point I'm going to talk about. The second point is we need to walk through that door. We need to enter into this presence of Christ on a daily basis. And then we need to grow in holiness. And so I wanted to throw them out today. That's kind of what I'm, I'm going to be speaking on today. But you'll see me hit it from different times throughout the service. But this scripture here in Psalms 24, 3 and 4. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. And as I was reading these scriptures today, the Lord put on my heart, no one can fulfill the righteous requirements of God without Jesus. That's why we need Jesus today. That's why Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. You know, a lot of people will tell us there's other ways to Christ. But Christ is the only one that shed his blood to cover our sins. And he's the only one that can get us into that holy of holies, if you will. So salvation is the key to the Father. It's only through Jesus that we can be made holy and approach God with confidence. And we're going to talk about this later and with boldness. For one sacrifice he has made perfect for every, every, forever those who are being made holy. The believer at the time of salvation can enter into the Holy of Holies. 
and they can spend time with the Lord throughout their life in the holies of holies. And our goal is that we do it every day. Now, today we're starting that step off and we're celebrating that step. And if Layla Blanchard and Cecily Rice would come up here today, they've made a decision to follow Jesus. Come on up here today. And again, we've had uh, over 100 salvations in Oakton in the last year. Uh, these two are some uh, recent ones. And anyway, our blessings. Man, I like you. You're, you're kind of a preacher type. Do you notice how she got right by me in the pulpit? Usually when people come up here, they stand over there. You know, they stand as far away from me as they can. But Cecily, she really blessed me. Uh, uh, one of our own, and I'll embarrass her, Lauren Compton there. And I want to make a comment of this. Lauren's a senior. And Cecily's in eighth grade, but Lauren, uh, God put it on her heart to minister to Cecily and invite her to church. And Cecily came out to church on October 25th, and we had our bonfire that night, and Pastor Amy was preaching, and, and she gave her life to Christ that night, and God moved upon her that night. That, that, that entering the Holy of Holies started that night, and she was in the presence of God, and, and she's not looked back. But what gets me is that when I met with her, she made a comment, God speaks to me, and, and, and wanted me to tell her that's okay, I think. But guys, we should expect God to talk to us once we receive him because he puts us in his presence, and, and she hears from the Lord, and the Lord speaks to her. Well, a few days later, she was singing and, and in a time of the Lord, and he said, you need to get baptized, I think's how you told me. And that's why she's up here today. She wants to be faithful in her baptism today. So again, we're seeing that who can go to the throne of God? Nobody can without Christ. But with Christ, we can not only go there, but we can hear from him. This is a testimony of it today. Uh, if, I don't hear, if you don't hear anything I preach all day, this is proof of it right here. Uh, we can be in the holy of holies, but as I challenged her to get into your word and seek the Lord and, and continue to draw in closer to him. Layla, a couple of weeks ago, was up in Children's Church, and Randy prayed with her, and she received Christ. She'd been talking about it quite a while, but, but she finally went to the front, and Randy Crockett prayed over her, and she received Christ, and she wants to be baptized today. And anyway, whenever the people in the Bible uh, went to Peter, and he preached the word, and, and the presence of God and the Holy Spirit fell upon them, the people said in Acts 2, 37, what must I do to be saved? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. And they've repented of their sins and, and today they're wanting to be baptized. But the word also says to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And, and if you do this and believe with your heart that he is raised from the dead, that you'll be saved. And that's what they're doing today. They're coming before you confessing this. We're following the words that God has told us to follow. And then again, we're baptizing. We're in doing baptism today. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And notice it didn't head right into eternity, but we're promised eternity. But the minute you receive Christ, you're walking into this new you, new life. And you got this new life with Christ, and you can experience him at any, any moment of the day. He's always around you. And so that takes us in the last scripture I wanted to share today. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. So you receive Christ, new you, new life. And, and that's what it is. Death, death, death. Now I need to learn how to talk. Death, burial, and resurrection. Amen? Amen. 
We've went over these vows with the girls a couple times, but I want to do it before the body. But do you too believe Christ died and rose from the dead for the forgiveness of sins? Do you reject Satan and all the wickedness and repent of your sins? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and promise to serve him as your Lord? Amen. And will you promise to share Jesus, your faith in him, with others? Do you believe that you too will rise to be with him for all eternity? Amen. That's pretty cool, isn't it? And do you desire to be baptized today? They're like, Pastor, that's a dumb question. I'm glad we're here. <laughs> what about you, church? Will you continue to let your light shine upon these by giving them your total support and promise to do all that you can possibly to see that they're nurtured in the Lord and that they grow up even and, and, and stay in this revival, if you will. Would you do that as a church? If you would stand to your feet today. Now I'm going to step out in faith as a pastor today, and I'm going to ask Lauren Rose to come up here. And actually, one of three or four of you girls come up around Cecily. And I'm going to ask the, the children's church, part of the uh, adventure kids have come up that are Layla's age. If you guys would come up around uh, Cecily and uh, Layla. Did I say it again? Yeah. Lauren Compton. Did I say Lauren Rose again? That is hilarious. And I'm going to get really bold here. Is this on, guys, or do I need to flip it on? But I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to ask uh, Lauren to close out in prayer, but I want you to pray for these two kids. And audience, I want you to stretch your hand out to them. And again, any parents or family that want to come up here for sure do that. But, but which one of you young ones, uh, who wants to pray over Layla today? Can one of you guys do that today? One of you young ones want to do that? You do that for me? You pray over her? Just say a couple words. Can you do that? Just whatever the Lord puts on your heart. You get a little nervous? I get a little nervous up here too. And my prayers get short sometimes too. Does anybody want to pray? Come on. You guys can do it. All right. I want to give you a chance. Do you want to? Here you go, Benai. They're all pointing to you. There you go. Um, dear Jesus, just help um, Layla just to grow more in you and that... Um, she accepted you and that um, she'll just live with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear God, thank you for this just wonderful day, God. And just thank you for making it so special. And I just pray that um, as these two grow more in the Lord and they today that they just go into the water that they're new when they come up, God. And I just thank you so much for their willing hearts to just be bold and step out and want to be baptized, God. And I just... Thank you for the friendship that me and Cecily have, and I just uh, pray that um, they're just renewed in their faith and that they just keep walking in you, and no matter what comes their way, that they just know that you're the head of their life and that um, you'll always help them out when they need it, and I just thank you so much for the beautiful souls that are going to be recreated today. In your name I pray, amen. Father, we do uh, lift these to you, and Father, we ask that we are as a body, you're used to daily come around them in prayer, and Lord, at any time that we would just uh, speak words of wisdom to them, Lord, speak life into them as you give us utterance. But Lord, we just ask especially today, Lord, that as they are received you and they've experienced you, that Lord, when they are going to the water, that they come out and just have a Holy Ghost encounter. And Father, we ask that it doesn't stop today, the Lord, that it continues on and you continue just to woo them closer to you. But, Father, use your body and, and, and use your Holy Ghost to bring these two closer. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. And anyway, do you love the Lord today? And do you still want to be baptized? And she is pumped. She says, I am so excited. So we're going to baptize you, all right? Father, we baptize this gal in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Oh, here we go. You can turn around and face them. There you go. <laughs> right? Do you love Jesus today? Yes. You do? Amen. I want to take a bath in Jesus too. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Out of the mouths of children, amen. Do you love the Lord today? Yes, I'm scared to do this. Oh, but we just sang about his fear or his love casts out all fears. We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Woo, yeah. Let's stand up and let's turn around and face the crowd. Give them a big wave. Yeah. Oh, here we go. I tell you. Let's give the Lord praise today. Man, we, we're having church and God's doing his thing again today. I tell you, you may be seated today. I was going to tell you, we've had church already. We can just go home, but I'm afraid y'all would. <laughs> and I want to talk some more. Is that okay? Well, okay. Some of you are okay with that. I tell you, it's neat. I've been rebaptized myself today, believe me. Uh, these girls hugged on me, and I think I'm ringing wet just like they are. But uh, I tell you, God just keeps, uh, he's really hitting us this year. And I'm going to go to Isaiah 43. Uh, 18 and 19 and this has been our our theme this year and 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 God has put it on our heart at the beginning of the year and we've been reading it every week but again forget all that in other words what happened in 2018 and, and I know God's blessed you a lot of you in 18 and he's done a lot of great things in 18 uh, he's pulled you through a lot of hard times I I had two people come up today and tell me that this has been the hardest few months of my life but I've experienced God more than I ever have this last few weeks these last few months in other words God is with us but even forgetting all those great times we've had with him all those great experiences we've had with him he's saying to move on he said it's nothing compared to what I want to do and I'm adding in 2019 for I'm about to do something new, see, I've already begun. Do you see it? I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. And as we, uh, the Lord put that on our heart as a church, I said, Lord, does that mean our mission statement changes? No. Our mission statement is still going to all the world and, and win as many as we can to Christ. But the Lord reiterated it with me this year to, to do it more in, in loving him and loving people. And, and loving him with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and, and loving people with all of our heart, soul, and mind, to just to bury in that. And that's how we'll get to this new place in him. And we're just loving on him. And so we've been preaching on loving people, loving him since the beginning of the year. But today, he's kind of putting me back into loving on him and, and pressing into him and, and pressing into him through revival and allowing him to just move across our body. Uh, America needs a revival. 
uh, Oakton Church needs a revival. And, and God's doing a lot of great things here, guys, but he's wanting to do even greater things. We need a revival to continue on in our life. Our denomination needs a revival, man. Right now, they're deciding things that, that we may not go along with. And we're deciding things that maybe we're going to get, get behind. But it's happening right now as we speak. It's going to be happening tomorrow. We need a revival across the land. And how we do that is we press in to Jesus, just us. And, I, and the reason I say that is if we do it and we start doing it, then the person beside us is going to do it. And then it's just going to catch fire. Just like today, I, I've gotten excited hanging around these girls today up there. And, and the excitement they have for the Lord has re-energized me again, man. It's just pouring and dripping off of them. Man, they're leaving already. I tell you, I'm preaching too hard. No, I'm giving, I'll give everybody a hard time when they leave. But, but anyhow, God wants to move through us as individuals. And it starts with us. And we can't look around and say, Pastor Kent needs to do something different. Joel needs to do praise and worship different. JoJo shouldn't have done this. We just concentrate on ourselves. And we move into revival. And then people around us will catch fire. And that's what God is telling me. And, and I was thinking about revivals that I had been in in my lifetime. When I went to Bible college, uh, uh, I was in a two-year revival, guys. I can't even explain it. Uh, uh, just a move of the Holy Spirit like you wouldn't believe. Uh, I can remember one day I went into chapel and, and went to the altar and, and, and hit the altars. And guys, next thing I know, it's hours later. I'm not talking an hour later. It was hours later. I, I fainted in the Spirit or I was slain in the Spirit, however you guys want to say it. But, but God's presence came over me and a time went by that was just, it seemed like a second with the Lord. But it was just, it was hours that day they let college out and, and we were doing finals, semester finals, and, and, and they released all the college. Man, you don't do that during semester finals. I mean, if you're at MU and you're in semester finals, you don't let the Bible college out. Well, you do. You yield to the Holy Spirit if you're a believer. And man, we had a move of God. But, but this went on for two years. I've seen people delivered of demons. I've seen people healed instantly. Uh, and I've seen all these things and, and all these great, powerful words of wisdom. Uh, one guy came in and preached a word that, that, that he went over the body and started praying for him. Man, we was there six hours, I think. It was just anointed times. So anointed that when I came back home, me and Karen, I got married and we, we started attending different churches and stuff. I couldn't find what I had during this revival. Uh, I quit going to church for six months because I couldn't couldn't meet or match up to what I had experienced in the Lord. And, and I was home one day and I, I picked up the present darkness and, and I'd read it before and I started reading it again. I'll never forget the Lord spoke to me. He said, Kent, revival starts with you. You can be in revival when nobody else is in revival. You can be experiencing the, the miracles and the signs and wonders, all these things we've been talking about the last few weeks. You can experience them when nobody else is. Nobody keeps you from revival. And that's when I started going back into church and started getting involved and, and, and getting excited about the things of God. So if, if you think Oakton's dead, you can make a difference. Press into Jesus. Thank you. I got one amen out of that. But another revival that I heard about and read about was in the United Kingdom in 1949. And this group of people, and this is a scripture that, that really jumped out at me, and that's why this is burning on me today. Because I think there's a lot of truth in what happened here in the United Kingdom. But it was one of the biggest revivals that they ever had. 
And what happened was seven men and two women had decided to pray earnestly for a revival. One night at prayer meeting held in the barn, a young man took his Bible and read from Psalms 24. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those who ha- whose hands and hearts are pure and who do not worship idols and never tell lies. He shut the Bible and he said this. It seems to me just so much sentimental humbug to be praying as we are praying, to be waiting as we are waiting here, if we ourselves are not only related to God, rightly related to God. And to put that into English today, he was saying, I don't need to beg God for revival. Jesus is in me, and he has made me white as snow. I just press into revival. And that, and that really jumped out at me that, that, that we don't need to beg God for his presence. And we see that right after that, if you go study this revival, there were seven that were slain in the spirit there. There was ladies up the road that were 82 and 84 that began to prophesy. And and revival began to break out in their house. They went to a church and the man that was in this prayer meeting, the pastor of the prayer meeting, went to their church. And people were just showing up from everywhere. Uh, Nobody invited them. They just started showing up by the hundreds. And revival broke out like you wouldn't believe in the land. Because one person and a pastor realized that Christ already paid the price for us to experience the fullness of him. All we got to do is press in. Just press into him and we can experience him at any moment in our life. Today as I read this and thought about my own experiences from revival and, and this story here, there was three things I picked up on. Three steps that we can take and remember here today. And the first one is Jesus opened the door to God's presence. We have permission to enter in. Walk in. Walk through the door is second point. And the third point is they grew in holiness. So the first thing is I want to talk about here today is they realized Jesus had opened the door to God's presence. They realized that no one could live this life that could fulfill the things required except Jesus alone. But it is only through Jesus that we can be made holy and approach God with confidence For by one sacrifice, he has made us perfect forever, those who are being made holy. Because of Jesus, as this scripture says, our hands and hearts are pure. Because of Jesus, we can stand in this holy place. The believer can experience Jesus at all times. The neat thing about that is, is that God wants us to to come in. God wants us to experience him in 1 Timothy 2, 4, God wants everyone to be saved and come into a knowledge and understanding of Him. So God wants us to experience the fullness of Him. He wants to tell us more about Him and reveal Himself to us over and over and over. As I was looking for another scripture similar to that in 2 Peter, I run across this one here. But God is waiting, and, 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 and remember this, that the Lord's patient gives people time to be saved. And that's 2 Peter 3.15. God wants all of you not only to get saved, but to experience his presence like these gals have and to be living in revival your whole life. And God is waiting so that all of us can have that opportunity to first be saved and then walk in that experience with him. Today we saw this. We saw the beginning of of a relationship with these two girls. But again, as Cecily and them, the girls have shared with you today, that they're in revival with the Lord. As we were up there today, the excitement you heard up there as they were jumping around, we're so excited that God is here. God is with us. 
God is pouring his spirit out upon us. It continues on and on. But two, we need to walk through that door. This man asked God, he said, you know, your word says that if I'm pure and if I'm holy, then I can walk into this door. So he asked the Lord, then, then reveal to me if I'm not pure. And the Lord showed him real quick, boom, he was slain in the spirit. You know, he climbed the mountain. In other words, he entered the door to the Lord. And he said, God, I want you to touch my life. He pressed in and the Lord moved upon his body. But we got to be bold that way. We go on back to Hebrews 10, 19. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of the Lamb. We've been singing about the blood of the Lamb all day today. Many of you may come in here today and you may say, oh, I can't experience God because I've just got this going on in my life. This has happened. I've been a horrible person. All these things. But all you got to do is just say, Lord, forgive me and step into his presence. It's that simple. Experience the fullnesses of, of him and experience him in the totality. But guys, I've never experienced revival in my life without taking a step. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. I'm glad you guys could come back. It's really getting good. <laughs> I got to hassle people, you know. But I remember salvation. You know, I was with my dad and, and he led me to Christ and, and we prayed together. But I had to step into that. I could have not done anything and never been saved. I had to step in to be saved and experience God. Then I remember the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was sitting there in a meeting and, and I didn't know if it was real or what was going on, but I felt it and I wanted to be a part of it. And I stepped out and was filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Doug, you were with me that night, you remember, but, but we were filled with the Spirit. And again, I had to step in and step out to be filled. And that's what I want to remind us today, that revival's the same way. If, if your life's a little dry right now and if you're not feeling Jesus, all you got to do is press into him. Step into his presence because his Holy Spirit is there all the time to touch your life. You see, our prayers and our presence with the Lord will take us from the ordinary to the extraordinary. God wants to pull us in to him. And guys, I want to challenge you by prayer to do that today. In other words, pray and seek the Lord with all your heart. In our Bible reading as a church, we're in Mark chapter 6, and we're reading the Bible through in a year, but, but Jesus said, let's go out by ourselves to a quiet place and rest for a while. Even Jesus himself realized that, that he needed to get in the presence of the Lord. And we preached on a few weeks ago that the anointing drains us and can eventually kill us. But the present presence restores us. Jesus, the anointing was flowing through him. He needed to be back in the presence to be restored and renewed in the things of God. Jesus realized how important it was to press into prayer. But in this story, we realize that the 5,000 began to come in and, and they came around them and distracted them for a moment. And we know that Jesus fed the 5,000 through uh, chapter 6, 32 through 45. But after they were gone, Jesus told everyone goodbye and he got in the, and he went up into the hills to pray by himself, Mark 6, 46. But we see the disciples, you know, they may have cleaned up the mess and thought it was more important to do some other things. And, and they got into the boat and they went out to sea and about midnight, the, 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 you guys all know the story, the, the waves were going crazy and they were, they were in fear. The, the word says in Mark 6, 48. They were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. 
And then here he comes, Jesus came walking on water, Mark 6, 49, and he says to him, don't be afraid, take courage, I am here. And he come into the boat and he laid down and the storm calmed, Mark 6, 51. My story to you here is today is that we can be like Jesus and, and the problems of this world and, and the things of this world come at us and we go into his presence and we experience him and then when that, that storm comes, we can walk on water and be above it in revival or we can be like the disciples that don't take time out to be refreshed, renewed, stay in that, that position of, for lack of words, I don't like the word revival, but I'm going to use it today, but been in his presence and they, oh, maybe we need to do this. You know, we're working for the church. We're, we're, you know, we're fed, just fed 5,000 and, and now we got to work and roll across the lake, but they were afraid. They were scared. They were terrified and the problem took them over. And so we see that prayer and presence is very important in our relationship with the Lord. Seeking God and, and even the Sabbath is important to the Lord. And, and again, Exodus 31 and 32, we're studying in our reading. Isn't it neat how the Lord just puts everything together? But in Exodus 31 and 32, Israel, the Lord was up with Moses in the mountains and he was giving the Ten Commandments and, and he was writing them on the tablets and stuff. But also, he was talking to Moses about how important the Sabbath was. Well, while Moses was up there, the Israelites gave him a good illustration. Because we all know the story that when Jesus, or Moses and, and Jesus were, or God were together, that, that, that Israelites began to wonder. And, and again, why the Sabbath is so important. But we see this in the scripture in Exodus 32.1, when the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down, from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So without the Sabbath, we see Israel quickly falls away. Without a leader, a, a preacher, or whoever, they quickly fell away. That's why Jesus was saying the Sabbath was so important through Moses and, and, and through his people in Exodus 31, 15, he said the, the, the Sabbath is a holy day dedicated to the Lord. Uh, this Sabbath, Exodus 31, 16, we need to observe from generation to generation. And then the Lord himself said in Exodus 31, 17, that, that I worked six days and even rested on the seventh. The Sabbath is even important to our Lord. The word was given, and we see in Exodus 31, 18, he gave him the two stones tablets so on the sabbath we rest from a work and worship him through prayer word and presence and guys this is a, a something that i think is so important that that i was in the shower i guess you probably didn't want to know that but i was i was getting ready today and the lord spoke to me but but when when do we know we're in revival when do we know we're at this point and the lord spoke to me is when you can't get enough word how do we know when we're, we're in revival when we can't get enough presence? How do we know we're in revival when we can't get to church quick enough? You know, the Rices, they blessed me a couple of weeks ago, you guys, with that snow day, and somebody put it out on a church, and we're having church tomorrow, and, 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 and Melanie said if we got to get up two hours early and drive five mile an hour, we're coming to church tomorrow. And then, then Scott got on there and said something else, but you guys were, you were longing to be in worship. 
Uh, that's when we know that we're in the presence of God and we're in revival is when we're drawn to Sunday school. We're drawn to Bible study. We're drawn to sin- Sunday and Wednesday. We're drawn to prayer. We're drawn to the Word of God. We're drawn to Jesus. That's how we know that we're in revival. But let me tell you something, guys, and we're not doing these things. As Israel, and we talked about them on that day, Moses come out of the mountains and and he was angry with him for making the golden calf and falling away so quickly. And he said, who will be with me this day? And the Levites came to his side and and he gave him swords and he turned them loose amongst the people and 3,000 were killed that day. The thing that's significant about that, I think, and you could even preach this on the Holy Ghost, but, but, but they had just come through the, the, the salvation, Egypt represented sin, they come out, cross through the Red Sea, which represented water baptism, they come into the wilderness to live their life, and 50 days later, Moses was up on Mount Sinai getting the word and getting the wisdom from the Lord, and they fell away. So they were saved, and 50 days later, they fell away. We see in the New Testament that Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the grave. The Passover, if you will, represents the Passover. Fifty days later, he told them to wait, what, for the power of the Holy Ghost. And they received the power of the Holy Ghost. They stayed in prayer. They stayed in word. They stayed in presence. And what happened that day? Three thousand were saved. Woo! That'll preach. And I know I'm giving you guys a lot of information But without the word, without the presence, without the fellowship, without the things of God, 3,000 died that day in Israel, back in Exodus. Those that were in the word, in the presence, in the word, and and in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, 3,000 were saved that day. That ought to tell us something, hadn't it? That's how important pressing in and walking into the Lord is. And then last, as we close out today, Jesus made us pure. And we read in Hebrews 10.10, and I know we read it once, but for for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. They grew in holiness. Jump down to verse 14, 10.14 of Hebrews. For by that one offering he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. As sin is revealed in our life by the Holy Spirit, we push that sin aside and we push into Jesus Christ. And I want to really make this as an example. Um, uh, we don't do it because we have to. We do it because we want to. And I'm going to give you an example of this. Last night I went to a deal, or yesterday I went to a deal. And, and don't try to read through the lines, but, but I was hurt by somebody. And I thought I was past it. And, and, and I prayed about it, and I really did think I was past it. But when I got in there, I found out real quick I wasn't past it. Man, anger come over me, uh, 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 fear come over me, all these ugly things came over me. And I leaned over to the person sat by me and I said, man, I thought I was past this, but I'm not. In other words, the Lord revealed me a sin of unforgiveness was still in my life. And I could have took that and pouted about it the rest of the day and said, oh, it's covered by the blood. It's covered by the blood. But until I accepted and said, Lord, forgive me of that. Lord, deliver me from this. Help me to get through from this stuff. Man, it would have pulled me away from God. 
And, and whether I feel like it or not, the presence is more important. So as the Holy Spirit reveals things, in other words, Christ took care of the original sin. Man, we're made holy to the Lord, but as, as we're going through life and, and God reveals things to you, Kent, you need to check this. Thank you, Lord, for showing me that. I want to stay close to you. That's what it's about. That's what that scripture is saying, is pressing in and growing in holiness, growing in sanctification. And all that means is is you're growing in the things of God. Man, when we're in heaven, we're going to be totally, totally sanctified. So why are we fighting against it now? Man, you know that TV show that that gets us upset and, and causes us to sin. Maybe we shouldn't watch that show. And not because we have to, but because we want to continue to press into the Lord. Or maybe those things that take all of our time that, that keep us from worship on Sunday morning. Maybe we say, oh Lord, as the Holy Spirit convicts, not as I convict, but as the Holy Spirit convicts, Lord, maybe I need to find a different job. You see where I'm at here today? The Holy Spirit convicts us of things going on in our life, and we need to allow Him to do those things in our life. How many knows what a plank is? A plank. I need a young buck to come up here and show me what a plank is. I asked a young buck to do it, but he wouldn't do it. Come on, one of you guys do it. Come on, Robert. Your name's getting said the most. Come on, Robert. Robert, Robert. I wish we were worshiping the Lord that loud today. Look at him. He's so motivated. I can see the excitement just dripping from him. Go up on the stage and show me. I did all my elbows. Uh, I would have done it, but I'll do it at least five minutes, and I didn't want to embarrass him. Uh, who's laughing? <laughs> see how he's doing that? Look at this. They say this is the most intense type of exercise that there is, and it does. It pulls every part of your life. I, I learned this at Joe Meadows' Bible study the other night. He tried to get me to do this, and I was smart, and I said, uh-uh, and I let them do it. Them guys were doing it like two minutes. Can you do it more than two minutes? Minute 30? Well, I can do that. Yeah, well, you're good. Go ahead and get up. I don't want you to strain. Give him a hand. The reason I say that, I'm hearing my turn. To, uh, uh, I went home that night and I did it. And actually, I did a bit longer than I thought I would, but you couldn't have got a piece of paper between my belly and the floor. <laughs> That's why I didn't do it, because I'm kind of like this, you know. But it's my dad's fault over there. But, but, but what I'm getting at here today is, is physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. It's promising benefits in this life and the life to come, First Timothy 4, 8 says. And so we look at this, this physical training, and, and I thought of Brooke, and they're not here today. I don't think they made it back, Brooke and Taylor, but... But I talked a couple of weeks ago that Brooke didn't even know it. She began to work out physically, started lifting weights. She won some competition, ended up winning state, I believe, in what she was doing. But, man, God touched her physically to do some great things. But the Lord showed me how that he has touched them spiritually, too. How that God has, has moved in their life and they've stepped into this new position and this new place. They're, they're actively going to Sunday school. They're actively in a care group. Uh, when I say that, Taylor's teaching and Brooke are teaching the Sunday school, stepping out in their faith. And, and they're, they're teaching children's church. I can go on and on about how they have pressed in, how they have walked in, and how they're growing in their relationship with the Lord. 
So that's what the Lord is pressing us to do is to press in to what he's called us to do. In other words, the sin that so easily entangles us, but to press in to his presence and move out into gifting and talents that he's given us. And if you would ask Taylor and Brooke, they'd both tell you, yeah, the physical is good, but I wouldn't give up the spiritual for nothing on how God has moved and changed their lives. And, and I could do that about many people in this room today, that how we could go around the room and see how that you're really stepping up and into things of God and how God is moving in your life. But the reason I showed you the planks today is it takes some effort. And sometimes it don't always feel good. You know, a lot of feel-good Christians out there, if it's pushing you too hard, you don't want to do it, we quit. And sometimes, uh, I love my mom, thank you for making me do what I didn't want to do. You know, sometimes I don't want to get up and pray. You know, I'm tired, it hurts, and my body's worn, and, and, and I know how important it is to get up and pray. You know, sometimes I don't want to go to church because I don't feel good or, or things aren't going the way I want it to, but, but I do it because I know it's the right things to do and, and I press through the pain and the hurt of those things. Or maybe somebody's offended me and hurt me at church and, and I press through that pain and, and, and try to make things right with them. You know, or maybe it's worth preaching and talking about in our life group of the young adults that, that maybe we're saying things that we shouldn't say. You know, maybe we need to watch our mouth a little bit, and it's, it's painful to get a hold of our tongue, but the Holy Spirit is directing us to do that, so we do it. You know, we're willing to do things physically to look good to the world, but are we willing to do things spiritually to look good to our God? Amen? Amen. And again, we don't have to do it by works. We do it because we love the Lord. And that's what we need to remember today, and that's all that I want to share with you today, is that the Lord, man... The door's open to his presence. Jesus threw it wide open. We just need to walk through that door and grow in his presence and grow in his holiness. If the praise team would come forward today, we're not alone in this, and I've read this scripture every week this year also. But 1 John 2, 27, the Holy Spirit is with us. But the anointing, that Holy Ghost, which you have received from him, abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing, that Holy Spirit teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it is taught you, you will abide in him. And that's what I tell you today is press into the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, because he's talking and he's anointed you, and he'll be with you, and he'll guide you through every step of the way. If you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, I'm believing somebody will answer that call today. I'd ask that you'd come and talk to me. But you may be going through a difficult time today and just need his presence. And and I've debated on whether to say this, but... Uh, an African uh, uh, delegate from Africa preached a word yesterday to the denomination that I thought was so neat, and it was powerful. And I'm going to read you a couple of things from this. But he said in his, in his writing here, he said, Unfortunately, some United Methodists in the U.S. have the very uh, faulty assumption that all Africans are concerned about, uh, concerned about is the U.S. financial support. Well, I, I'm sure, being sinners like all of you, some Africans are fixed on money. 
with all due respect, a, fixa a fixation on money seems more of an American problem than an African one. We get by, by on far less than most Americans do. We know how to do it. I'm not sure you do. So if anyone is naive or condescending as to think we would sell out our birthright in Jesus Christ for American dollars, then they simply don't know us. He jumps down and says, friends, too long ago, my country was ravaged by a terrible civil war. And then, he faced the out then we faced the outbreak of Ebola virus. We are keenly familiar with hardship and sorrow, but Jesus has led us through every trial. So nothing happens over the next few, nothing that happens over the next few days will do, deter us from following him and him alone. The reason I say that to you today is we go to Liberia every year. Gary and the team and myself are going over on April 25th, and, and we see what they've gone through. But are we to the point as a, as a Christian, not as Americans, but as Christians, that nothing, money, nothing will separate us from the love of God? Nothing in our lifetimes will, will cause us to, to walk away from his presence. And, and that's the challenge that the Lord has for us as believers. If you want to walk in revival, then we need to press in no matter what anybody else is doing around us. And nothing should influence us but God. Amen? Amen. So that's what God's asking of us today is just to sell out to him. Man, you guys are filling these seats. Man, these seats keep getting fuller and fuller, guys. Uh, if we're doing what God's called us to do and we're excited like these gals are, we're not going to be able to keep the people that's coming in here. But we got to press into him and just realize who we are in him. Amen? Amen? If you need prayer for anything today, if you need saved, filled the Holy Spirit, need healed, whatever you need today, these altars are open. But I want to challenge you to examine yourself and say, am I in revival? Because nothing's keeping you from it. And if you're not, I, press, I challenge you to press in. Praise team. Let's stand to our feet today. Father, your Holy Spirit is here today. And, and Father, I don't need to say any more words. Lord, you, you've already convicted. Lord, you've already moved across the body. And so now, Lord, I ask that we respond to you. And Father, allow you to move across our situations. And just to give them totally to you no matter what's going on in our lives. And Father, we thank you in advance and we give you glory in advance for all these great things that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.